You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. Everybody said when Trump became president and even before that the fear was him launching missiles. You know, and I just saw an old video that was only about uh, 100 days into his presidency. Jim Jeffries, comedian, doing his show on Comedy Central, interviewing Congressman Ted Lieu about how he was becoming popular on Twitter for trolling the president. And they had a little discussion about Trump at that point, and he said he tried to give him the benefit of the doubt starting out. Then after a couple months, he realized it was a mistake to have done that. To have, to have somehow thought that he would change when he became president. You know, he made himself known very clearly during the campaign uh, that he basically has no morals, no common decency, no standards of, uh, of practice and behavior that are acceptable, really, in, in, in a society or shouldn't be. Um, and then he went on to talk about, uh, in particular, that it's dangerous that a man like that has access to launch nuclear weapons. But times have changed, haven't they? Because here we are um, with only, you know, six months or so left to his presidency, hopefully. And we realize that the concept of him, you know, starting a nuclear war was sort of over the top unrealistic, unlikely. It was a, a fear that we, uh, we being common sense, normal, sane citizens who realized this man shouldn't be president, we chose that as the fear to hopefully persuade people not to vote for him. But it was over the top. I mean, it's, it, it was a, it's a scenario that is unlikely because even a very stupid man who lives in his fears like Donald Trump doesn't want to start World War III um, and doesn't want to unleash nuclear weapons again and start the ball rolling on that kind of catastrophe and, and the repercussions of that throughout the world. But what we didn't realize is that there were a whole host of other not over-the-top, not hyperbolic uh, forms of insanity that this man, this immoral, irregular, unstable, vicious man, self-centered, self-aggrandizing, narcissistic man would engage in. We, we, we didn't realize, we, we used the launching nuclear weapons uh, tac- uh, concept, idea, theory, fear, but we didn't realize that there would be something like a pandemic, which is much more in keeping with what a psychotic, awful person would do, which is to say he didn't launch it. He didn't cause it. How does he react to it? How does he deal with it? And it's a question of, well, if it doesn't look good on him, he's going to pretend it doesn't exist because he's a narcissist, because He's an us versus them type of guy because he sees everything in, only in the light how it affects him. And frankly, if you look at stupid people, 
which are mostly the people who voted for him. Um, you, you, you see that all of them tend to react out of fear and self-interest in a knee-jerk way. They don't respond to reason. They don't respond to the greater good, to ideas of how to serve the greater good. Because fear takes over. And fear is, as they've always said, you know, the fight or flight kind of instinct. And that has nothing to do really with reason or the higher powers of mankind. I mean, and and look, I acknowledge, scientists acknowledge, anybody who uh, a philosopher could acknowledge. It doesn't matter how um, you might use your higher power of reasoning or how, what kind of intellect you have. We can acknowledge that there are situations where mankind's fight or flight instinct and simple hormonal uh, releases like cortisol, what they do to us, how we behave, how we act, that we are all of us prone to respond to instinct at certain times. But usually the difference between stupid people who react with fear and self-interest and reasonable people who want to understand things better, learn, grow, share. And who usually the difference is that the more reasoned people can calm down, can gain control of their fears, and can reach a consensus that's in the better, for the betterment of all, not just themselves. And they aren't going to take steps that just simply protect themselves out of fear. And instead, they're going to make sure that the a majority vote rules, and that um, what is agreed upon is based hopefully on a very rational, reasonable, well-educated perspective on things rather than just a, a fight-or-flight, me, me versus you, uh, animal instinct of survival, fear-based reaction. And stupid people, the, you know, probably the number one defining characteristic of a stupid person is well a they don't understand or try to understand they can't understand it's beyond their reasoning powers but also b they don't try to understand they get lazy and complacent in their ability to understand because they're used to things not really making a lot of sense to them and they've developed over the course of their lifetimes this defense mechanism which is about supporting themselves and believing in themselves which is when they don't understand something, it's because it doesn't make any sense or it's a lie rather than, you know, maybe I'm not bright enough or I need to spend a little more time reading it or listening better. They don't think that way. They get this knee jerk reaction of if it doesn't sound right, it ain't right. If it don't smell right, it ain't right. And that's it because they don't want to take the time and the effort because it's hard. And those same people are the ones who didn't study in school. But they said, I'd get straight A's if I tried. Well, why don't you try? I don't understand. Why, why aren't you trying? I had a friend who said that to me in high school. I'd get really good grades, too. I just don't try. It's like, well, why do, why do you not want to try? Because you don't want to get it? But, see, that's putting the cart before the horse. The reality is stupid people don't get it initially. It's too hard for them. And so they don't want to put in the effort. It's kind of like physical abilities. I am not an athlete. I wasn't born with the genes to be athletic. 
I don't have the body type or the muscle structure that helps me climb a rope. I could never do a pull-up in gym class. Even with my uh, arms turned in where the palms are facing you, I couldn't do a pull-up that way. Certainly couldn't do them the other way uh, with the palms facing away. Couldn't climb a rope for the life of me. Couldn't even get up one foot on the rope. And one of the most embarrassing things in my life was gym class in like sixth grade and hanging on that rope, literally like just hanging there with my feet trying to do something, not moving. Similarly, couldn't run, couldn't run for the life of me. I remember one of the biggest days of fear in high school is we'd go outside to do the one mile run. And I I think you had to go around the track. I don't know how many times to get in a mile. And um, we all go outside and I was always dead last. And I was trying to jog. I wasn't trying to run real fast, but I couldn't run real fast if I wanted to. I mean, one of my sons, who unfortunately was born with my genes as well, he thought he was fast, wanted to be a wide receiver, and I took him up to a, a track and field sort of competition thing up at uh, an area of high school when he was young. And um, he was trying to run, and he finished last. He was just slow. He was trying to run. He said, I guess I'm not fast. I felt so sad for him. It was really a heartbreaking day because he believed something about himself. And then he went up and tried and learned, oh, you know, my belief isn't real. So what I'm saying is these physical attributes, you either have them or you don't. And the, the question is, do you want to put in the effort to get better at them or don't you? Does it matter to you? Do you want to compete and be an athlete that can hang in there with the people that are born with more gifts? Or not. And I never cared to. Now, had I not had the intellectual gifts I was born with, I probably would have cared to try at that. Because I think, honestly, reading and learning and studying is harder than working out or, or working on your body. And it's, especially when you're young and in high school, there's way less of a payoff by being smart. Uh, when you're good looking in high school and when you're on a, a sports team, you get way more immediate payoff, especially as a guy. I mean, you get you get the girls and you want the girls in high school. It's real important. But also you get, you know, notoriety and, and, and uh, you get to be thought of as cooler. Whereas when you study and learn and, learn and are smart in high school, uh, you know, the superficial thrills and perks are not there really. Those come along later in life when the people who rely on their intellects, you know, use them in careers and become successful. And the people that were the jocks or athletes in high school and didn't work on their minds end up with jobs where they don't make a lot of money and they don't make much of themselves. And, and maybe all of a sudden the girls are leaving them and going to the smart guys who are successful. So that, that happens later in life. But in the, in the high school framework... I mean, you really want to try to be an athlete if you can. But because I was born with more gifts of the intellectual kind, I just didn't want to bother on the other kind because I had enough natural gifts that were, and it was easier. I mean, it was easier for me to be smart than it would have been for me to try to be in any way, shape, or form physically athletic. So I just abandoned that. And I'm saying, I'm making that analogy. And saying it's very similar with respect, with respect to intellectual things. If people are born more physical and have attributes of the body and understanding and learning things 
and being reasonable is harder for them and they don't really get it and it doesn't come naturally. If the metaphorical rope, if they're, if they're hanging on the rope and unable to move and they're traumatized and humiliated in front of all their friends because of that, feeling that way intellectually and in a classroom, say, for example, when the teacher calls on them and they don't have any idea or they're trying to answer it and they're really doing their best and everyone laughs because they don't understand it and they're showing their stupidity. Sort of like the phrase, better to keep silent and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and leave no doubt. So those people learn the hard way, maybe they're not very bright. So certainly if they were born with more physical attributes, they're going to work at that. It's easier for them and they're going to become popular and they're going to think they're great. And my point is, when it comes to intelligence in particular, once you've abandoned the effort, whether because you had other skills that were easier or not, once you've decided not to put in the effort to learn, um, you begin to rationalize and justify it away because you can fool people. Because people can't look into your brain and know if you're smart or not. You can lie and fake it and fool people. You know, if, you, if you're not athletic and you don't have an athletic build and you're not skilled at it, you, I suppose you, you can slip into a line of work and into a lifestyle where that's never revealed. But at the end of the day, a physical build is something people see. You're exposed pretty much your entire life. If you have, I don't know, legs that bow out or ankles that curve in or shoulders that are small or any number of... Uh, Things that a person who wasn't born with the gifts of physical athleticism, they, they show themselves and you can't hide from that. It's like being born black or white or Asian or anything else. I mean, it's visible to the world where if you're born stupid and early on you've decided to abandon the effort, the hard work that it takes to become more intelligent, people don't know necessarily that you're stupid and you start to fool yourself that you're fooling them all. And you think you'll just tell them all you're smart and they'll believe you. And once you get out of high school, you'll be as smart as anyone else and no one will be able to see. And especially once you get past a period where the resume matters. So they won't see the accolades maybe you didn't get in high school intellectually. They won't see your grade point average. And when you get past the college years, they won't see whether you went to college or not or where you went to college or how you did in college or what kind of caliber of college you went to or what you studied in college. Once you can put all that behind you and get a little bit older, you figure, I could be a brain surgeon or I could be, you know, maybe I'm just a working class brain surgeon. I, maybe I, I, I've decided to work in, you know, hospitality, name the field that isn't an intellectual field, but I'm a high, you know, maybe I read all the time. Maybe I'm an extremely bright philosopher, nobody will know, is what you think. And so then you just convince yourself, almost via process of self-delusion, that you are smart, and it becomes reality in your mind. And you think that your thoughts on everything are as valid and reasoned and well-informed and intelligent as anyone else's. Now, you can't do that with your physical ability. You can't say, I'm as strong and powerful and physically fit as anyone else when you're not. You just can't do that. You know better. You know better every time you pick up a heavy object or try to go up and down a flight of stairs or 
anything you do when it comes to physical athleticism and physical build, and certainly women in particular make you pay for your physical looks all the time. You can't pretend you're handsome when you're not. You can't pretend you have a great body when you don't. You can't pretend your dick's 10 inches when it isn't. Those things either are or they aren't, and you're stuck with them, and you have to live with them every day. Women, if they have small breasts, they can get breast implants and pretend and show and be big-breasted if that's what they want. We can't, as men, really extend our dicks. We really can't. I mean, penile implants don't really work as far as I know. So, And it doesn't work if you get one. So <laughs> at the end of the day, as a man at least in particular, but also as women, we are stuck with our beauty level and our looks. Now, I know people will do a workout and look at their bodies toned and they'll be that ugly duckling in high school and end up looking beautiful and change their image and so on. I went through a period where I changed my image tremendously and and uh, certainly started to get all the women that I never got before just by changing the way I looked. But it's sad, really. But I'm saying at the end of the day, when it comes to actual ability, you, you really can't have what you don't have physically. It's really impossible with certain elements where intelligence, nobody can see. I mean, maybe if you misstep and you use poor English, but a lot of people don't even know the difference. Even intelligent people don't always know the difference between proper grammar. Now, on the internet, you can see the difference between their, T-H-E-R-E, and their, T-H-E-I-R. You can see where the people put the apostrophe. I noticed Donald Trump's son, Donald Trump Jr., the cover of his recent book said, Biden and the Democrats' denial of, and instead of Democrats, S apostrophe, which is how you would talk about the Democrats as a group and something they possess, like their use or strategy or denial, um, it would be S apostrophe, the Democrats, you know, as a group, S apostrophe. But the cover of his book said the Democrats apostrophe S singular, singular. So Biden and the Democrats, and they're trying to argue now that he meant, he meant Biden, the Democrat. Biden and that Democrats, but it says the Democrats, strategy or denial or whatever the rest of the title of the stupid book is. But no, he actually sent the book to print and printed it incorrectly. The apostrophe is before the S and it should be after. And that shows, I mean, who would actually publish a book that way? Well, it shows that the people that are publishing the book are ignorant. Usually you have editors that understand grammar, but if you're publishing a book for that guy, if you're supporting that train of thought, you're supporting stupidity. Hell, they might have intentionally published the book with the apostrophe in the wrong spot to promote wrong thought. Because when you're stupid, you want everyone to be as dumb as you. Misery loves company. So either you're fooling people into thinking you're smarter than you are, or you're trying to get everybody to be as dumb as you actually are. Either way... It's not good for the country. It's not good for the betterment of the United States. And I believe fully that, again, you can fool people with intellect to a certain degree. You can't fool them with your body. So these stupid people are winning way too much. The stupid people don't have the ability to reason, don't have the ability, have given up on it. They rely on their guttural instinct because... They don't want to bother to do the hard work that it takes to fight beyond their fears. And as a result, we have the current situation, the disastrous situation, the combination of the cops killing black people, and the Black Lives Matter uh, movement marching, the stupid people that aren't black, 
afraid that the black people will take over their land, that they will burn it all to the ground. And those same stupid people afraid of a virus and reacting to their fears about the virus by denying that it even exists. And this is the problem with Trump being in charge is he's a stupid man. And so that's why he has believed paranoid delusional theories. When you see these right-wing groups that believe these paranoid theories, they're all rooted in stupidity. They're all rooted in a, in a lack of intellectual prowess and the ability to use their intellect. And you see someone despicable like James Woods, the actor, who is actually highly intelligent and has a good intellect. He plays on the fears of others because for whatever reason, whatever private reason that he has never really dis disclosed to us, why did he turn from liberal into such an ultra-conservative? Was it a woman? My guess is he was hurt by a liberal anti-drug policy. He was a big cocaine addict in his day. I think he probably blamed, blamed liberal Hollywood for being a factor in his cocaine addiction, perhaps a factor in his in legal ramifications that came from that addiction. And I think he probably had his heart broken by a woman or two who was probably liberal. I think there must be deep-rooted, deep-seated, personal grievances that this man has. Now, we know with a lot of the more intellectual, intelligent, conservative, Republican minds of our time, why they chose to be, to feed into the stupidity of man, to get their political benefit from it. It's for money. I mean, they want to stoke fears and they want to promote stupid thought because they want fewer taxes, fewer programs helping the needy so that they can hold on to their wealth more. They want more of the wealth for themselves. They're not compassionate. They, you can be, just because you're intelligent, well-educated and smart, doesn't mean you have a good heart. Doesn't mean you care about other people. Doesn't mean you're empathetic, obviously. Any more than being an athlete means you're smart, or being smart means you can you know, climb a rope. So it makes sense how some of these intelligent people Probably James Wood. It might be his motivation too, James Woods, is to protect his money. They, they, they spew out fear and they spew stupid things. They feed stupidity to the masses to keep them stupid so that the masses vote for them and or the people that support them and their desire to maintain their money and to prevent other people from getting it via empathetic programs, social programs, etc. And they don't like... They're racist, not because they really are racist. The reason you'll find a lot of Republicans even saying I, I'm not racist and they're not really at heart, they're racist to the extent that they fear the black race being impoverished and rising up, taking strength in their numbers and overthrowing them in their wealth and their power. That's what they fear. So they're not really racist per se. They just support racist causes because doing so protects their interests, their financial interests, and their, and their safety and security and where they sit in the culture. So people like James Woods and intelligent, educated, conservative thinkers, they want to feed fear to the stupid white people 
They want the stupid white people to be afraid of blacks. They want the stupid white people to have all their guns so that if shit happens and the poor blacks and minorities and the poor intelligent people who are trying to get smarter and learn and are liberal-minded and empathetic and trying to help each other, if they join forces and get together and really realize there's more of them and they could do some real damage, at least you got the dumb white people out there with guns that can protect the wealthy, intelligent white people and or blacks, whoever has ascended to a position of power and decided to be conservative and hateful and greedy with their power and money. And believe me, there are black conservatives who are greedy, and selfish and non-empathetic with the power and money they've obtained. And often they'll say things like, well, I tried, I did it, they're lazy. It's whatever, it's whatever, pal. You know, those people are really just saying, I want what I want, I want to keep it, and I'm afraid of these other people below. And so I will stoke whatever fires I have to stoke to keep them down there, to keep those people down there, to save and protect myself up here. And that's what fear is all about and stupidity. And the interaction of fear and stupidity, it's, it's incredible. It, we've, we see it now this year in 2020 in on full display. We see stupid people not understanding how a virus works, not wanting to bother to learn, easily being fed by their stupid evil president, the idea that it's a hoax, the idea that it would go away, the idea that it was spread to us by the Chinese and it should be called racist names, the virus itself, the idea that masks are just a fear tactic, a political, the idea that talking about the science behind the virus and how to prevent the spread of the virus is just a politicization of the virus. And I heard many a supposedly reasonable conservative-leaning sports personality in my town act as if, do a false equivalence. I've seen Bill Maher, a a lefty, supposedly liberal, do a false equivalence between concern about the virus as itself a politicization and fear tactic used to attack the president. Now, I do believe there are some people out there who have almost reveled in the deaths and the virus as they sit protected in whatever lifestyle they have as a liberal, as, as an empathetic blue liberal, they are protected. But then they talk about and almost like over talk about how disastrous the virus has been because they're enjoying the fact that it's happening on Trump's reign. That's human instinct. That's, that's normal. I mean, it's normal that at first you'd find a little perverse glee in the fact that a president you can't stand an awful, awful man and a terrible president has this happening on his watch. But also, the reality is, he blew it. The reality is President Trump, he's on tape, he's, he's, he's in print, he's, he didn't hide it. He was saying it was no big deal. He was saying the cases will go away. He didn't want to take people off of a boat who had it because he didn't want the numbers to go up. He was delusional and idiotic, and now that it's exploding, he pretended it's safe to go back, and now he's trying to make the children go back. He's saying we have to start the schools. And Betsy DeVos, the incompetent, incomprehensibly incompetent, the level of her incompetence is astounding. Educational secretary says 
They must go back. Children must go back to school. This has to happen in the fall. And Trump has said he will not support states. He'll cut off funding if they don't go back. Children are fine. Everybody's healthy. This virus is fine. 99% of everybody gets better within a couple days. All this delusional lie, all this false, all these false statements, working really hard to diminish the severity of this virus, all simply, this is all, what he's doing is he's feeding into the delusion that the virus isn't real, which the people want to believe because they're afraid of it and they're stupid. They'll believe it that the virus isn't real. They'll believe that it's overstated by the liberal media. They'll believe that masks aren't really necessary. It's a fear tactic. They'll believe that the reason the liberal media and the left wants us to wear masks is so that we're all reminded every day that there's a deadly virus out there so that we'll all be afraid of Trump and want to vote him out. They'll stoop. They're so stupid. They'll believe it has nothing to do with science and the prevention of the spread of a contagious and deadly new strain of a virus. And they'll think instead it's just a political battle, and the masks are just a sign of left or right, Democratic or Republican support. That's all it is. And he knows that, and he wants to stoke that, and he's willing to let, while he himself is doing all kinds of testing behind the scenes in the White House, and he himself is making sure no one comes near him without a mask on, and no one comes near him unless they're safe. He's pretending to the world that he doesn't care about it because he wants them not to care about it, because he doesn't, he wants them to be brazen and strong and support him and believe, and he wants them to hate the left. And he knows that they're delusional and stupid, and they won't read, and they won't learn, and they won't figure out that he's lying to them. They won't figure out that, that the stats on the virus are real. They won't figure out on their own that masks are necessary and helpful. So if he just lies to them, they'll believe him, and they'll, it feeds into their fear. They go hand in hand. It's symbiotic. Stupidity and fear. Their fear of the virus causes them to pretend as if it's not real. Their fear makes them deny what's happening before their very eyes. They don't want to understand because it's scary. The reality of the pandemic is scary. And so they're happy to be stupid. See no evil, hear no evil. If, it, if I don't see it, it ain't happening. If I don't think it, it goes away. I know a lot of happy people who try to live that way. Ignorance is bliss, is the phrase. Ignorance is bliss. Except when knowledge is power, and more importantly, knowledge is safety. Ignorance isn't always bliss. Ignorance sometimes is death. Ignorance sometimes is the spread of a deadly disease. And to politicize our very children... And to use the children as pawns and say, I'm going to get everything back to normal. I'm even going to send the children into the front lines and pack them like lemmings in a shining metal box with no masks on. Or if we have to, fine. But I'm not going to prioritize how we can do this safely. I'm not going to talk in a reasonable, rational manner about opening schools. I'm not going to say what everyone knows, that it's important that we have schools and hope to open them and try to open them. But how can we do so safely? Can we do so safely? And what about the teachers? How old are they? What are their health conditions? And what about the fact that these kids are going to be kids? And if you get them all together, they're going to take each other's masks off and spit in each other's faces and laugh and chase each other down and be physical. And 
they're going to spread the virus if they have it. They're going to spread it like crazy to each other. And then they're going to go into their homes, to their homes where their people, maybe granny lives there. Or maybe they're going to visit granny on the weekends. Or maybe their parents are the kinds of parents that don't wear masks and don't believe in the virus. Maybe they have Trump voting parents. And they'll go home and those Trump voting parents will get it. And the Trump voting parents who go out without masks on because they don't believe in the mask because Trump told them they don't have to, they'll spread it to other people. And this goddamn thing will never stop because we forced all those kids back into those schools where they could spread the virus and send it home to their people and give it to the teachers too, by the way. Do they matter? The concept that we shouldn't be talking about how to try to do things reasonably and safely, blowing over the restrictions, blowing over the utilization of of the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, as a method of establishing policies that we actually adhere to, Blowing over the counseling of American citizens, all of them, even the stupid, to please listen to these basic guidelines. Why can the Japanese do it? The Japanese, once they understood that this virus is airborne, they realized where the uh, clusters were exploding. They, they saw, and all of us can see from the research, that this virus is spread uh, in certain sort of, there are certain episodes of what they call super spreaders, which are the people that for whatever reason, when they get the virus at a certain stage early on, they can really give it off. They have found that most of the big cluster outbreaks occur because there was one or more super spreaders that went to an event or into a setting where this airborne virus spreads like crazy and they did their job as a super spreader, which is to say I'm a higher... And you can't blame the super spreaders. You can't point at them and say, string them up or lock them away. They're just people like you or I. But for whatever reason, their genetic makeup, their biological structure, really, when it connects together with COVID-19, they just become a fountain of disease. And just by opening their mouths... And unfortunately, when you combine someone who's genetically prone to be a super spreader with a setting that is what the Japanese call the three C's, you get a clusterfuck of spread. And this is largely how this virus has grown through the super spreaders in these three C settings that then explode into outbreaks. What are the three C's? And the Japanese, they made nice little... They made nice little uh, animated little posters. Simple. They simplified it for their public so they could all understand and learn how to simply be safe. And they made it such common understanding from the top level down that nobody debated it. It's not something they're arguing about. They discovered the science and they're sharing it and people were obeying it because they're trying to be safe. We don't do that in America. We have too many stupid people that have been told it's okay to be dumb, that don't that have all their lives pretended like they're not dumb, and they live glorifying their fears, they live in their fears, and they combine their stupidity with their fear and they do the wrong thing. And it's blowing up in our faces. And and they're heightening the fear of the virus by saying you know, black lives matter if you if you let these people run wild, they're going to burn down the country. They're going to burn it all to the ground. They're going to destroy everything. So what does that make these scared people want to do? They want to support the military and the police who are killing the black people. They want to support the president. 
all of their fears of the Black Lives Matter movement are being transferred into the politicization of the right. They're taking their fear of the, the protests, and yes, combined with some looting, which, by the way, the right was also involved in, but they're taking the fear of the protest and converting, they're trying, they being Trump and, and the people above, they're taking that fear, they're feeding on that fear of the protest and trying to convert all of that into political energy to support votes for the right. And the people are stupid and and, and agreeing to it. But as stupid as many Americans are, I think they're smart enough to understand the three C's. And if Trump and or anybody in the authority on the right would just step forward and say, this this disease is real, it's spread in the air, you need to wear masks, and you need to avoid these three types of settings. If they would just do that, People would listen, people would understand, and people would be healthier. Why can't they do it? Why won't they do it? Why, what are they afraid of? What are they avoiding? I don't know. But the three C's, and I'm going to spread this to you so you can think about it, are closed spaces. That's the first C, closed. So think closed, three C's, closed spaces. Crowded places. That's the other C, crowds, crowded places. And close contact settings, close contact, close contact. So closed spaces, close contact, crowded places. In other words, this is how that's important, the distinction. It doesn't have to be crowded for a closed space to be a place you should avoid. Do you understand? If it's a closed space, there could be virus in there. Even though it's not crowded, it could be from the people that are in there with you, breathing it out. So it's staying in that closed space or it could be people that are no longer in that closed space who were there before that you don't see who left virus in the air in that closed space. Whereas crowded places could be outdoors. It could be on a beach. It could be somewhere outdoors if there's a lot of crowds and everybody's sort of packed together could also be indoors. Obviously, when you combine these three together, it's a, it's, it's a terrible atmosphere. If you have a closed space that's crowded and therefore there's going to be close contact, oh my God, it's like, and where do you get that? In churches, in bars, in crowded restaurants. Those are closed spaces. If they're crowded... You're going to have close contact. And then you combine they're not wearing a mask even to prevent potentially breathing it in. And you've just got a cornucopia of disease, really. A petri dish, as they've been saying. So the pictures that they have, for example, the closed spaces, they have a little dining room area with just a small group. But they're talking and they show little bubbles of disease spreading amongst them there in their closed little space. In the crowded place, they have a big, open, outdoor blue sky place with a bunch of people all crowded together. So even though it's outside. And then the close contact space, they have just three people, you know, standing next to each other talking. So that's the way to break it down. To think about a closed space, it doesn't matter how many people. If it's a smaller, enclosed area, 
or any really enclosed area, but, but especially the smaller, the more, the more potentially deadly because if the ceiling's lower, even if it's high, but the walls are enclosed, it's enclosing what has come out of people's mouths, which may have included virus in it. So the closed space is one thing. The crowded place, that's where you distinguish indoor, outdoor, doesn't matter. If it's crowded, get out of there. If it's crowded, you don't want to be around it. And then the close contact, that doesn't have to do with crowds. You could be indoor, you could be outdoor. That doesn't have to do with closed spaces. It doesn't have to be a bunch of people. It can be just a couple people, but they're too close to you. So it's close contact. Because then one-on-one you could get the disease from someone, from them being too close. Because what they're ta- when they're talking or laughing or anything, it could come right into your space and you could breathe it in. Or it could get on you, you could touch it, touch your face, you know, so on and so forth. That's still real too. But the other thing the Japanese wanted to clarify, they've, they've, they've actually now more recently expanded on the three C's with uh, what they're calling the three C's plus. Because in addition to wanting to avoid closed spaces, crowded places, and close contact settings, you want to also avoid areas that include that involve behaviors such as loud talking and singing. So, and again, this is about the airborne sharing of this virus and what they're learning more. It's about being smart enough to learn and study and actually care about science and figuring out how this thing is being transferred and then bringing that knowledge back to bear in a a way of uh, expressing it to the public in a way that they can be safe and change their behaviors you know causing a behavioral change due to the knowledge that scientists learn and trying to put those two together the behavior of the common people due to the information that we've discovered and that's something that we just can't do here in america But anyway, yes, the three C's, closed spaces, crowded places, and close contact settings, combined with areas where there might be loud talking and singing, those are just extremely dangerous areas. So again, churches or bars where people are talking loud because there's music playing or there's so many people talking that people have to talk louder to be heard. Why is that important? Well, obviously, the more lung uh, effort you're putting into speaking, the more particles you're expounding they've done studies where they show if you sneeze if you cough if you just laugh if you talk if you sing and they put it into and you wear a mask when you do it and then you put it under a light and you see how much bacteria came out and it increases obviously the more that you are using your lungs so loud talking and singing causes more expulsion of whatever's in your lungs including the potential for it to be full of the virus if you happen to have it, especially if you're a super spreader and you have it in the early stages, there's going to be a lot of that coming out. So if you're singing or talking loudly, or even if you're just talking in a close setting to some one person, or if you're in a closed setting, oh my God, and you're a super spreader, or in a crowded space on a beach even. So this is what they've discovered. This is what they've learned in Japan, and they've been able to spread it the knowledge out and people are abiding by it and that's why they're doing so much better than us here in America. The problem in America is rather than gathering together and saying let's let's develop a formula based on rational thought and espouse it to the nation and get the stupid people among us to understand it, dumb it down, put it in simple terms like the three C's, 
and then change it to the three C's plus. And what's the plus? It's loud talking, singing, anywhere where the people would be using their lungs even more. Gyms. Gyms, because they're breathing heavily as they work out. Closed space. A gym is a closed space. Uh, may not have the close contact. May not be super crowded, or it may be. So a gym, a gym would be a really bad location because you'd have a closed space that could be crowded and you have people using their lungs a lot. So it's a place you want to avoid. So in Japan, they figured it out and decided to uh, develop a way to express it to the people so that even the dummies among them could understand. Here in America, we aren't going to talk to the stupid people in any way other than fear and feed into their stupidity. And so what we're faced with is people that won't wear masks. And the more they don't wear masks and spread it, the more death we have. Now, the only thing you can sort of console yourself with is if you wear a mask, if you avoid the three C's, if you avoid locations like that, if you stay at home, unless you have to go out for necessities, especially if you get an N95 mask or a mask that's 95% uh, effective in, in filtering out the breathing in of aerosol particles. Um, in other words, if you use your reason and an intellect and handle this virus that way, you stand a better chance of not getting it and doing well. Uh, and the people that aren't wearing the masks and the people that are stupid and the people that are living in their fears and downplaying the virus because they're afraid of it, uh, they're going to spread it amongst themselves. So the people that we're going to see being hospitalized and dying, and the people that are going to be getting these sicknesses are the ones that think it's no big deal and I'll just live through it. And then when they don't, uh-oh, just saw a case of that on the internet the other day, shared that with some friends of mine, a guy named Richard Rose, Ms. 37-year-old Ohioan, fun-loving, but very crude, not a good person, very supportive of Trump when Trump tweeted about sending in the troops in Minnesota, uh, the tweet where he said, you know, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, the tweet that was literally silenced by Twitter because uh, they determined that it was an instigated violence, the thoughts of violence. Well, he... This Richard Rose republished it, uh, both of the tweets that Trump sent out that night on his Facebook page and said, it's, it's like it was great to have a president who finally has their backs. And he called him my president in caps and strongly supported that language. Uh, and then he had also said earlier in April, uh, he was never wearing a fucking mask. He used the F word because he was that type of guy. In his Facebook post, he said he was never wearing it because he's not buying into the hype. He would never, he's made it this far without buying into the hype, but not buying into it. And then in mid-June, he went, uh, was hanging out at bars on the island up above him uh, in Ohio and hanging out at a crowded swimming pool area. She showed a picture. Nobody had masks on. And by July 1st, just a couple weeks later, he was tweeting that uh, he's been very sick in the last few days and that he, uh, not tweeting, posting on Facebook, this was very sick in the last few days and that um, COVID symptoms and he's going to get tested and see what that was. Then he comes back with another post saying, yep, it's uh, just a couple hours later, I actually got the results back. I have uh, 
I have COVID-19, which sucks. Now I'm going to be on 14 days of quarantine. And uh, it's really too bad because I just started a new job, he said. Then by July uh, 2nd, he posted on Facebook, this COVID stuff really sucks. Um, I'm very short of breath just sitting here. And people were making jokes with him, all his, you know, all of his uh, Trump supporting friends that uh, maybe what you need is a good punch in the throat. Ha ha. And, 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 and um, the guy said, I can barely breathe as it is. And um, one woman said, are you, are you getting hydroxychloroquine? And he's like, nope. They just, he said, they just gave me an inhaler. And uh, so they're all just Trump supporters. And by July 3rd, he posted a picture, a meme that said, you know, don't look shocked when you see me in heaven or whatever. Something to the effect that, you know, his friends wouldn't expect him to be in heaven. But, you know, don't shit yourselves when you see me there. And he died on July 4th. And a couple of his friends posted memorials to them. One of them said they felt bad for their family's grief. Families, F-A-M-I-L-I-E-S. In other words, pluralizing families instead of possessing it. Family apostrophe S, which is so a stupid friend there. And then the other friend said, um, don't deny the virus. More people are affected by this than you think. Effected. They're affected. They're created by it. How about that? More people are actually brought into existence by this virus. Of course, he meant to write affected with an A. They are affected by it. So again, his friends are stupid. Now, even when even when they were supporting the virus, they're shocked into realization that, oh my God, the virus is real. And oh my God, a friend of mine got it and he's dead and he was healthy and he was, he was just blowing it off and didn't care. And now he's dead. He was 37. But just seeing the ignorance of the friends and the posts and their support for Trump and his support of Trump, uh, not wearing masks and then dying. And yet I see them on Twitter, these same stupid people saying, it's a 99.75 success rate if you get it. It's no big deal. Send the kids back to school. They won't get it at all. They're perfectly healthy and they don't have it. And they don't care anything about the asymptomatic spread or the spread in the early stages. They don't care anything about the, the, the children that are getting it and dying, some of them, and the ones that are spreading it to adults who are getting it and dying. They don't care about the fact that the death rate internationally is still over 4%, 4.2, I believe. It is coming down, but it's not 99% successful. They don't care about the fact that if you wear masks, it greatly reduces the spread of this uh, thing that is being spread mostly through the air and through close contact in those three C settings. They don't care about the three C's. They don't know about the three C's. They won't read about the three C's. We haven't even said the three C's here in America. That was Japan. We have the CDC it hasn't even come up with something that cool and fun and easy to understand. Um, instead, they have a president saying we must cram those kids back into those schools. And he's not even talking about how to do it safely. We have a president who's still talking as if we aren't leading the world in the spread of this disease. We have a president talking as if it's just a cold or a flu still, and nobody's even really getting sick from it, and they're all getting better. He's still saying these things as people continue to get ill. So we have stupidity, and I guess, I guess it, at this point, can it even be called fear of accepting reality, or is it really just 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 
incredible delusion, self-delusion, has the fear now taken hold so much of these stupid people that they are now deluded into truly believing that the virus either doesn't exist at all or really is nothing worse than the flu still, even after everything. I heard a lady in the store the last time I was at a grocery store, which is in mid-March, which is really one of the only times I've left my home in the past four months. This woman stood there and said, it's just the flu. It's like the flu. The media is just doing this. The media is making it all up. And the guy next to her who had like only half the teeth, teeth in his mouth said, just wash your hands. That's all. Just wash your hands. So I heard those people. Guess what? Those same dumb people are saying it now. There is no cure for stupidity. There is no way around stupidity. Donald Trump is our president because of stupidity. There are too many stupid people in this country. Just say it. Stupid, you should have to take a test before you get to vote. The test should be about understanding the political process, the electoral college. You should have to show that you actually cared enough to read and understand how the political process works. You don't get to say, I just want someone who's outside the system in there. I just want someone who has a dollar sign. I want something on TV. I'm going to vote for Kanye West. You don't get to do that and have a vote. I'm sorry. When I suggested that in November of 2016, my dad flipped out on me and told me that's what we were doing to blacks and women back in the day. And we, we made it about intelligence when the blacks couldn't read. We, we used that as an excuse to prevent black people from voting by making it a literacy requirement and knowing full well that the people who were illiterate were the blacks. It was a form of discrimination. Well, look, that may have been true. It may have been true, and it was, that the United States had slaves. Well, we don't anymore. And I don't care about the crap that we did then. I'm talking about now. And I think my dad, four years later, has a better understanding of what I knew then, which is just how many viciously stupid people are in this country. And again, when you're stupid, you live in your fears. You don't calm down and think and reason and rationally decide on policies that are in the best interests of all. You do what's best for you based on your own gut instinct, and you're wrong because you're stupid. And it costs everyone else. And right now, all of us, including those that are reasonable and intelligent and do and empathetic and trying to do what's best for all, all of us are paying the price, a dear, dear price, because of the stupidity of far too many dumbasses in this country. And I think we need to be courageous and brave in calling out a stupid person as stupid. Richard Rose, the late Richard Rose, was a fucking moron. I hope that there is a life after death, and I hope that he is currently in school and learning the things he never bothered to learn. And I hope that there is a purgatory, and he is not in hell, Richard Rose, but he is in purgatory, and he will be there until he graduates with a diploma of not being a fucking moron. And then he gets into heaven once he upgrades his fucking moronic stupidity. And that's what I think all of us should be realizing is the most important thing in America today is our education system. And no, we don't force people back to school to get them better education. We make sure that they are safe first, and then we give them a better education. 
It's not giving a child a better education to force them into sickness. It's not going to teach children how to think rationally and reasonably and use their minds better. If we instill fear in them, fear of the virus as not being real and tell them that the best way to handle that that fear is to force your way through it, to play on through an injury. If you get the virus and the NFL starts up, just play on through it. People play through the flu. Spread it. Who cares? You're probably, you're an athlete. You won't get that sick from it. Even if all your teammates get it in a couple weeks, you'll all be better. Play through it. Kids, go to school. Don't worry about some virus. You're, you're young. You're healthy. You'll be fine. That's not how we educate people to be smart. That kind of philosophy is spreading stupidity. We want every, if, we, if you want everyone to be a stupid cop who kills black people or a stupid athlete who makes a lot of money but can't speak proper English on television, if you want everyone to be a stupid person who drops out of school or refuses to learn, doesn't read on their own, doesn't pick up knowledge as they live because they shut it out and think they know everything already, if that's what you want this country to become, then force them back to school, force them to play sports, because, play through this virus. If you're looking to make America smart, if you're looking to get rid of stupid people and the disasters that they befall upon the rest of us, such as the disaster of Donald Trump's presidency, if your priority is to end the stupidity of this country, the gross and repulsive and horrifying stupidity of so many people in this country, if that's your goal, then what you should be doing right now is getting everybody to listen to common sense, to studies of science, to the facts. Don't talk about the liberal media, the left and the right. Don't politicize a deadly pandemic. Just listen. Understand this is happening. It is real. Quell your fears. Let your reason take over. Listen to the information we're learning about this scary situation And let's reach a consensus on the best, most reasonable, rationable, and safest way to proceed. That's how you handle disasters with intelligence. The rest of this garbage is all about fear and stupidity running rampant in our country. And it's doing so because someone at the highest level of power in this country is the most stupidest motherfucker and the most self-centered Nasty bastard that's ever been in charge anywhere this side of Hitler. Be smart. Prioritize your intellect. Learn more. Look down on stupid people. Don't be afraid to tell people when they're wrong. Try to help them learn and be smarter. Don't look away and pretend that stupid people are fine. They have common decency. They're okay in other ways. Try to help them be smarter. Please try to prioritize intelligence. It matters, not just because it happens to be an attribute that I was born with. This isn't self-interest talking, except that it is because it's all of our self-interest. We all want to live. We all want to have a healthier, happier, safer world to live in. I guarantee you the way to get to that end is to prioritize intelligence. Because people with intelligence know how to prioritize. First of all, they they can spell the word. And secondly, they can enact it by a rational, reasonable process after first studying and learning the information relevant thereto. 
It's not hard. But you're going to have to do your part. Call out the stupid. Please. Make them know they're stupid. Please. Be proud of being smart. Be ashamed of your stupid neighbor. Please. I love you. Yabba da boop